This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the yeah, Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, sound, everything sound okay on your end? Nope, getting the feedback. Yeah. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, it's not happening. It's okay. good. Okay, that's good. All right. Yeah, all right. that's good. It was happening, and then all of a sudden it wasn't happening, so we're good. <laughs> oh, okay, so can we blame, can we officially blame Bob? Is that what you give us permission? Let's do it. Yeah, I love that oh, for us. Oh, no, it's happening again. Okay. I'm going to call in. Okay, perfect. Why don't you give us a call? Kristen's yep. going to call okay. us. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Now we can't blame Bob. This is less fun. See, I was... So looking forward to blaming Bob. Me too. <laughs> we'll get, trust me. But the nice thing we have going with Bob Zanzivir is he'll do something. We can blame him later. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, you know, I'll give uh, Chris Eggert and stuff a heads up and we'll have him call in too. So. Kristen Burke, do you have any questions for Kristen that uh, you're thinking well, of ahead of time? Uh, wait, I was supposed to do some prep. I was supposed to do some thing. Actually, I do. Uh, the, the uh, Matheson came in. The um, he got charged. The Donnie Matheson uh, charge came in, um, and I wanted Matherson. He's the one, Masterson. I'm sorry. He uh, was accused of raping. The the conviction just came in yesterday, last night. He's a Scientology. There's a lot of ties with that. Kristen, are you following the Danny Masterson? case i am and it, you know and in fact i know leah remini I, I wouldn't say like i hang out with her but i've worked with her quite a bit yeah um and kind of know she's a former scientologist a lot of people remember her for king of queens and she was in the courtroom yesterday wow uh, supporting the survivors um but i think you know he was convicted on two charges of rape um, there was also a third survivor in there, but they had dropped those charges somewhere along the way during the court case. But um, I, I think one of the most important things for people to understand, too, besides the conviction, is that these two women were harassed and stalked um, continually, including the judge, too, by the way, throughout this entire case by members of Scientology. Dang. I mean, it's just brutal because they kept trying to go forward to Scientology and Scientology kept telling them no, right? Like that this, you're not, this is not a thing. Quit trying to make this a thing, right? Like for years. But Leah can testify that that's how they do. That uh, when you break away or you have, um, you're attacking, you're in attack mode because as when in my former life as an investigative reporter, I looked into the, those things and other uh, churches, we'll call them, as opposed to the other C word, that uh, they, will, um, they will come after you. 
they will threaten you. They will absolutely. And um, right now, on top of this, Leah Remini has her own case against Scientology for the harassment and stalking for of her, her family, Mike Rinder, who was her co-host on um, The Aftermath, um, which is talking about both of them leaving Scientology and right. other people leaving Scientology. Right. And their tactics are well-documented. This is not even speculation. Um, they will go if you leave. They will take out... Um, URLs and websites in your name. It's horrific. And I will tell you, I wrote a, an article about Leah's uh, court case, and it was so crazy. In the middle of the night, I got an email from one of their spokespeople over at the Church of Scientology telling me how horrible I am as a journalist. And then here's our statement. And the statement just went on and on and on and just ripped Leah to shreds. And they're like, you are to print this entire statement. And no. I was like, mm-hmm. no, no, we're not. No, I, you know, I literally just said we, we updated the article and just added, like, we did get a statement from the Church of Scientology, and they called the charges ludicrous or the case ludicrous, like that kind of thing. We just used one word because the whole thing was horrific. You wouldn't say these words to even your worst enemy. I've always liked it as a journalist to be dictated uh, to by the target of the investigation to use exactly (laughs) the statement in full. And then I would sometimes say, are you Theodore Kaczynski? I mean, are you the Unabomber? Where I have to print all of this stuff, or you'll come yeah. to my house and kill me. Yeah, it's or very what? similar, right? Yeah, no, it is my job to figure out which of what you're saying is somewhat relevant, if anything. And they don't get called to the table, Scientologists, and especially our fellow celebrity Scientologists, enough because so many reporters and filmmakers and everything else, even law enforcement, are frightened oh, yeah. to do so because of these tactics. And Honestly, besides Tom Cruise, we should also be calling John Travolta to the table for being, you know, for being a part of this religion, in air quotes, that, you know, consistently, consistently has a track record of destroying lives. And I, I, I don't know why he gets a pass. He's an extremely nice man. Everyone I know who has worked with both Tom and John has wonderful things to say about them. But when you're associated with something like this, how do we let this slide? That's a great question. Um, on a little bit of a lighter note, what about the uh, Jimmy Fallon accusations? I know that's that a lighter note. It's a little that's lighter than lighter lighter. little. Oh, I said we're little down lighter. In the basement here. On I these mean, things. and now we're still we're the, we're in the sub basement, and now we're in the official <laughs> basement proper. Okay. Um, I want to say he is joining a group of other notable talk show hosts who have been called to the table for these toxic work environments. Ellen DeGeneres, we heard about this, of course. James Corden. Kelly Clarkson even got called to the table. And even though it was more about her executive producer, people were saying, I don't understand why Kelly lets this go on and why she lets this slide. We have the same thing now with Jimmy Fallon. Um, With 14 former employees and two current employees talking to Rolling Stone about... Um, how they would have to tiptoe around Jimmy, trying to figure out whether it was a good Jimmy day or a bad Jimmy day. And that changed the whole tone of how their workday was going to go. Um, there were also allegations of his abusive alcohol, which I will tell you, in Hollywood circles, has been going on for years and years. Um, 
So uh, when I read this, I was like, well, it's about time. We've heard this this rumor for quite a while. Well, what do you think will be the result yeah. of all of this? Uh, will he uh, find, repent? Will he say, I'm going to go to treatment and take that way out, uh, both the positive and the negative of that, uh, the claiming uh, I wouldn't have done any of this if I had not uh, been having this disease of alcoholism and then uh, so, fake your way through uh, Betty Ford or whatever. Right. So he yesterday he had a Zoom meeting with his employees talking about how embarrassed he was and that he doesn't want this to go on. He doesn't want this to be a part of his reputation. He, I mean, he called an emergency meeting yesterday. Remember, everyone's on strike, so they haven't seen each other since May. Um but he has not admitted to any type of addiction, and um, he even denied it in 2017 in a pretty well-covered New York Times profile. And he said, I, there's no way if I had an addiction I'd be able to go on the air five times a week. But I would say that, <laughs> you know, anyone that comes from Saturday Night Live knows what goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes when yeah. it comes to substance abuse. So... It's going to be interesting because we also have a history here with NBC letting things slide. We've seen it with Matt Lauer. We've seen it with Jimmy Fallon. Um, what is it about sort of that NBC news situation and NBC entertainment over at 30 Rock? It seems to come out of that 30 Rock building that their HR is not on top of it. And people said, they're like, listen, I wanted to go to HR, but I was worried that I was going to get fired. And we've seen it a couple times over and over from people reporting something to HR about Jimmy or somebody else, and out the door they go. Revenue stream. Yeah, revenue That's stream. Yeah. I I mean, I think, okay, so Don, you're probably the only one that has any insight. Like, a part of me goes, the pressure that goes with having a show with your name on it, like, then on top of it, be these guys do the long hours. They're, that, they're almost living with each other at that point. Right. Is this like a case of, listen, it's just a very creative, and, and, I, and I felt this way with Ellen, too, where I go, is this just like a creative person who's under a lot of pressure all the time, always, and people get to see the bad side, or like... As somebody who is, you know that everybody who has interactions with you when, you know, you were lead anchor is going to walk away with an impression and, and right. probably wants an interaction. Like, How do you handle that knowing that a lot of times if things go wrong, you are the face of it? You are, you know what I mean? Like there is a lot of pressure under that. Well, I can't say that uh, everything in my life uh, in that kind of leadership role was done perfectly. But I did have uh, a mother who uh, told me that there are certain behaviors that you don't do yeah. in public with other people. You can hurt pe people, even though you're being, you think you're being honest yeah. or you're being authentic or you're being free. Uh, and I, th I think that if there is alcohol involved, uh, Kristen, uh, to, uh, if you get a chance to talk to Jimmy, say, call Shelby because uh, he did 30 years of three shows a day uh, as a drunk so uh, before I sobered up. And so you can do your show. In fact, you can do your show well because that's at the end of the day, that's the only thing remaining really yeah. in your life that you need to protect. And so you'll white-knuckle that and make that happen. 
but um, but then you fall apart. Yeah. And when you fall apart, all of the, your inhibitions fall apart as well. And the the inhibition which would say, "Don't say this. Don't fly off the handle. Don't. Yeah. You're out of that control. You don't have that control like you do on the air." Yeah. So it's the off the air behavior. That's it. And uh, and that's where uh, all your anger uh, comes out sideways, where you're angry at yourself and you're angry at the world and you're angry at your condition and you're angry at the pressure. You're angry at what's happening at home. And then you're living with these writers, you're with these staff members, and you don't intend to have your, that anger focused on them, but it's got to go somewhere. Yeah. And it comes out yeah. sideways. That's, um, you know, it's interesting, too. Rolling Stone noted this in the article, which I thought was great. They compared the staff turnover at The Tonight Show versus everything from Conan to Seth Meyers' show, Stephen Colbert, et cetera, Jimmy Kimmel, and they've had much less turnover. So they're saying, like, this is clearly an issue. They've had nine showrunners since he's been there. Mm. Um, and that's a really – nine showrunners is a lot. And, you know, red when flag. you have yeah. – Red flag. And, and I, I'm sure all of us have worked at that one station or that one network where you have that constant turnover of managers – and it is total chaos for everybody involved. Um, I, I had it once at, at one network, and it was just, you know, every six months you had a new person in there, and you're like, okay, I'll start from square one with all the issues here, <laughs> you know, just hoping that something will stick. So I'm sure that that has been an issue behind the scenes of this night show. But the one sad thing was so many people said, this was my dream job, because so many people grew up. Yeah. With you know the myth of Johnny Carson, and you get there and you achieve that, and guess what? You're like, this is a miserable situation. Mm -hmm. It's and it's your whole life. Yeah, it's your whole life. Yeah, you've been working towards that your whole life, and so it must be a pretty big thing uh, to to walk away from. There's a great um, there's a, a poem by Robert Frost. I will not do the whole poem, but it is called uh, After Apple Picking. And it's a, a poem about uh, the, a man who has to pick apples, and it's the thing that he has loved all of his life, mm -hmm. the harvest apples. Uh, but he uh, finally reaches an age where he says, I am overtired by the great harvest I myself desired. And he mm -hmm. ends up just quitting. And... And I have felt that thing yeah. that where you're so overwhelmed, you don't realize that the uh, dream that you're trying to achieve comes with uh, this immense pressure. And, and you reach a point where you say, I just can't do this anymore. I am overtired by the great harvest I myself desired. So it's the thing you're chasing. It's like the dog chasing the tire on the car. Yeah. What if you catch that tire? Right. Oh, I love that. Also gave me like um, existential dread. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think we've all been in that one job that you're like, this is my dream job. I'm so excited. You get there and you think, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what have right. I gotten myself into? I, I do think about that. I had one of those jobs, and I'm like, what a nightmare I was in. <laughs> and then I got laid off, and I was so 
happy. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> it was the only time when I was part of a mass layoff that I was literally doing cartwheels in the park the next day because I'm like, this I'm is free. Uh, I mean, I'll be really blunt. When I worked at KQ, I mean, that was like my dream job. And when I asked for a certain, at some point, because things had gotten so bad, when I had asked for um, a certain salary and I was like, this is the salary I need to keep going. I was so scared they were going to say yes. Mm-hmm. I want. I, I needed a reason to walk away because it was yeah. my dream job, and I just I need. And they did say they were like, "No, we're not going to do that." And I said, "Okay, bye." And it was like if they would have said yes, I don't know how long I would keep working there. And it was just kind of a combination of of things that weren't working for me there. But yeah, I was like terrified that they were going to say, "Yeah, we can do that." And I'd go, "All right, let's keep going. Let's yeah. keep doing this." Yeah. You know, it's kind of this ubiquitous thing that we're talking about. We think we're talking uh, to Kristen, we're talking uh, to AJ, we're talking to Brittany and Don, and we're having this kind of uh, closed conversation. But but how many people do you expect who are listening yeah. now and on the uh, podcast later that uh, they go, Jesus Christ, have I been there? I know. I should check. I mean, it's uniformly a human part of our condition. Right? To want something so bad and then realize, oh, my God, what if I get get it? it. Yeah. What if I get it? Right. Right. And then that goes to the, uh, the, back in the day, there was a thing called the Peter Principle. And that's where you advance to the level of your own incompetence. Yes, yes. They talk about that in um, corporate world yeah, all the right, time. Right. Yeah, Failing upward. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. And then you're like, I can't do this job. Um, that's like a big co- – my husband does like executive hiring stuff, so they talk about that all yeah. the time. I, I, I saw it in my own uh, personal life. Not that it happened. This didn't happen to me, but uh, my brother-in-law – older than me by 11 years, was the absolute greatest accounting teacher that anyone ever met. Uh, accountants by the scores came out of his uh, schooling and chose that as a career based on the influence that he had. He was so good. He, he, everything made sense to these people. He was a fabulous teacher. He got such high marks as a teacher, they made him a principal, and he mm-hmm. failed at that, and then failed upward because they went, well, he can't make him a teacher again. Yeah. Let's make him the superintendent oh of school. Oh, my God. And oh, he no. failed miserably, <laughs> and he was the most unhappy person. To the day he you know, died, was miserable uh, in that job. And what uh, he should have been doing the rest of his life was doing the thing he did well and loved. So sometimes you have to say, no, you know, I'm not going to take that promotion. Yeah. That's more than I need. Yeah. and Just pay me more for what I'm doing now. It is wild, too, and I'm sure a lot of people have this, where the latter upward doesn't even make sense. Being a great teacher and being a great principal are two wildly right. different Completely jobs. completely different. And so the idiocy of school boards Yeah is they make those kinds of decisions that this is a competent individual, uh, this is a well-liked individual, and we can, that'd be great to have them in this position. They don't know. No, these skills don't translate. It's like, I'm great, everyone knows I'm amazing on air. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, Don. You, you, I, you I think so, maybe you your headphones so. cut off because you laughed at a really like, inappropriate. No. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm amazing I think my on phone air. Dropped. Yeah, I think it it must have, Christian. Um, it'd be like you're so good on air. Why don't you be an engineer? Yeah, and I'd be right, like, right. Panicked. I yeah. mean, that's pretty much the direct line from teacher to principal. They're such different jobs right. where you go. Well, one's creative and one is administrative. Exactly. And the, the big gap between the two is people don't invest in leadership training. And I, I'm going to imagine, too, you know, Jimmy Fallon goes from like doing movies, doing Saturday Night Live, but he is the head of a show. What, did NBC give him any leadership training because he is leading the ship? And I, mm. I can guarantee you they didn't. Um, and I, before I did all my entertainment, I worked in the automotive industry, and they do a lot of investment in leadership training. And it's really fascinating to watch because that's why you see a lot of women have risen to the top in the automotive industry, even though it's an old boys club, because of these programs. And I think it is so fascinating. I found something out um, I thought I should have known, and I did not know until I uh, uh, spent uh, some embedded time in Iraq with uh, with a military team uh, covering the uh, war. And I ended up speaking to some general officers, and, and Brittany has uh, wonderful experiences in the military, so she will understand this. But uh, what I did not know, that uh, general officers, the top flag officers in any of the services... Yeah are picked when they are lieutenant colonels. Okay. They're picked out and groomed and put and assigned to various divisions to make them ready by the time that they achieve in 20 years general status. They will have had all the training necessary to become a general officer. I don't say this about the Army often, but... That's not a bad idea. That's a great idea. Great. Um, and then they, 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 they have these spotters who yeah. say, this guy, yeah. we've just, you know, uh, we've somehow promoted from major to lieutenant colonel. This person, this person is going to make a general officer in 20 years. Yeah. And they just And that requires that. an investment in people, too, yeah. by the way, which a lot of corporations refuse to do. And that's why we have people job hopping every year or so, because yeah. there's no point. Why would I invest in you if you're not going to invest in me? But then we've got Coach uh, Tommy Tuberville, who will not allow uh, anyone to be promoted to the general ranks or commander ranks in the United States Senate. He alone is uh, holding up all of that. Based on his, uh, he wants no uh, freedom for women to have choose an abortion while in uniform. Isn't it? It's wild too. I've had, we've all had bosses like that, right? That like you can tell don't want you to shine mm -hmm. and don't want you to rise up at all because they think that that makes them look better. And you always know that that person will eventually fail because you can't sustain that. Right. Right. And you can also pass them. If you are yeah. given the freedom to advance, yeah. Yeah. they may be looking at you and not the person who was your boss yeah. to be advanced, and they don't want to let you out of that box. My dad used to say an interesting thing, and I could never, never understand what he was uh, talking about. 
But sometimes he would say it, you know, you graduate from high school or something or you won a basketball game. And he'd say, on the ladder to success, may you never meet a friend. That's... And I'm, and I would, what the hell's he talking about? <laughs> That's really stupid, old man. He's not. And then finally, I had to ask him. He's 92. He was yeah. 92, and I, and I said, you know, Dad, you've been saying this thing. I don't understand it. I mean, I always shook my head, and you know, and right on, Dad. And but I, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. And he said, well, uh, if you're climbing a ladder, yeah. Oh, when would you meet a friend? Yeah. When they are coming down the ladder mm-hmm. while you're going up, or if you're climbing over their back yeah. to get to the higher rung. So don't ever meet a friend on the ladder to success because you have to um, There's, it's you not, have it's, to overtake them, kick them down, yeah. pass them by. Ladders are not meant for, uh, for commuting. <laughs> A, they're not a they're not a good commute. It's not the one you want. I'm back at the first the rung. How did I get there? I made a wrong turn somewhere. I never want to be on a ladder in like just like in a very literal Ever. way. I don't want to be on a ladder often, but I definitely never want to be in a situation where I am on a ladder I'm sharing with somebody. Like that is actually now all I mean it's always been my nightmare in some ways. Like there's never a time that a ladder should be for two. <laughs> You say that at least, but your dad is right. May you never. I like that. That's that's profound. Kristen, did we leave you some with some wise words you can think on this weekend? I have so many things to ponder this weekend. It's fabulous. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kristen. You're the best. We're going to be back with Chris Eggert, which is like second or third best, maybe. But we'll take it. Uh, third. Third best. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast. <laughs> this is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My car really needs a wash. The $20 Meguiar's Bundle includes gold-class car wash for a showroom shine. And what about my tires? Just spray the included hot shine tire coating and you're all set. The inside is not great. No problem. The quick interior detailer in the bundle can help with that too. Restrictions apply. You all have helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. 
You've heard me recently speak about my slippers, the Giza sheets, my pillow 2.0, and more. Great news! The my pillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. The proprietary technology makes them extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price seventy nine ninety eight, and for a limited time, you can get this six pack towel set for only thirty nine ninety nine with promo code Tom. That's a fifty percent savings. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code Tom to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That is just $39.99 for a set. This deal will not last long. Enter promo code Tom for this special and many more. Hey, y'all. My name is Tiara, and a little thing that I love about the Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is that it has the perfect amount of spice to jumpstart my day. Whoever thought of it, thank you so much. Hi, my name is Robert, and a little thing I love about Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is the biscuit. It reminds me of my grandma's homemade biscuit. It's always buttery and savory. Then you add the spices, instant classic. Order the Spicy Chicken Biscuit on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real Chick-fil-A guests paid for their testimonials. Tom Bernard here. Are you ready for some throttle therapy? Cruise the water in luxury on brand new Bennington pontoon from the Power Lodge, of course. Enjoy sunset from the water. That's one of the things I used to love so much. Entertain the kids and float on the lakes all summer long. It all starts at the Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge, with locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine of St. Cloud, of course. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations. Your summer fun begins at Brainerd's newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. You've heard it before. Brittany wants to be a Klingon if we buy a pontoon. I am going to buy a pontoon. I will tell you the easiest way to have a bunch of old friends come out of the woodwork is to own a pickup truck or a pontoon. I became way more popular with my friends and family when I owned a pontoon. Enjoy the best days of summer on your favorite lake and a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge in Ramsey. Millerine in St. Cloud is the largest Bennington dealer in the entire world. Throttle therapy on land and water, powerlodge.com and millermarine.com. And please do tell them that Tommy said at the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Easy cleanup with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus Whisper Series Leaf Blower. And football. That's right, Reese Davis. With variable speed, it has the power for when you really need it and just the right amount when you don't. And the OnePlus battery platform means you go from yard work to DIY in just a click so you can get projects done faster. Which means more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Ryobi and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. K&L Surplus and Ammo is your one-stop shop for all firearms-related products and is the preferred choice among enthusiasts for over 25 years. Why? K&L Surplus and Ammo offers one of the widest selections of firearms in the region. The big box stores say they have a big selection, but that usually means they have a lot of inventory, not a wide selection of different types of firearms. K&L has a broad selection of different calibers. K&L Surplus and Ammo also offers some of the best prices in the region. You might find a good sale now and again at a big box store, but K&L always has great pricing. And unlike a lot of other stores, K&L always includes tax and the listed price. K&L Surplus and Ammo is veteran-owned and offers first responder and veteran discounts. K&L is also committed to safety and a licensed FFL retailer. Find out for yourself why KNL Surplus and Ammo has been the choice of gun owners for over 25 years. Go to KL Gunstore. 
Com. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAP Podcast. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We've got Chris Eggert, third or fourth best on the show. News brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. Hey, Chris, how the heck are you? Are you shaking your head? Are you speaking? Are you uh, doing sign language? Chris, don't be shy. He's he's pondering. (laughs) I don't think it's working. Can he hear us? Are we having problems here with... Uh, uh, now we can hear you, but you're yeah. like speaking yeah. through a tin can with a string on I it. I can hear you guys. Just all... I love that idea. Why don't you call... Yeah, yeah you hang yeah, 10, just, just obviously. Call. Just call. He did the um, surfing hang 10 sign, so I yeah, assume I he means that. he's going to go hit the waves. <laughs> Um, do you know what's really funny? I think I figured it out. Did you? I think our internet's just bad over here. Oh. I, I tried to, right as we were coming back from break, I tried adding him to like the stage as it's called. Yeah. D- just didn't go. Every Everything is like delayed in here, video wise and everything. We've had internet problems this week too. It, and it's all on the Bernard one, right? Not the other one. Make sure it's, because it's hardwired, right? Yeah. So, um, but I think here's we should f- have we should have Chris here now. Here's a fun fact about the call me little sign, right? We all know like you stick out your thumb and you stick out your pinky, and this means call me. Yes. If you ask a little kid to say, "Hey, I'm calling you," and they do a fake phone, they do an a close. I mean, they do an open hand, like a cell phone, because they don't have never seen a oh, receiver. Oh, you're right. It the is receiver. alarming to see that it is not the hang ten sign. They do the flat hand wow. out as a cell phone and go, hello, and right. you go, that's crazy. Yeah, so it's the A-L-S-Y yes, sign. Yes, the A-L-S-Y, so, yes. Yeah, so, you know, call me, and a, and a young person would not know what you were saying. Yeah, they would not know that that is the cool way to say, okay, call, call, I'm going to call you. What if you just like, held, held out your palm and started, like, punching your fingers? I bet you that works, too, yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, Chris, just wanted you to know you're outdated is what we're trying to convey. Yeah, that's fine. I get that. I'm, I'm 50. Like it's it's fine. Um, but what I will say, I don't want I don't want the I don't want there to be some kind of um, misunderstanding about what happened here. I was here. I was ready. My technology's fine. This was not any sort of thing that I was in error on. Okay, Did, I just want everybody to be upfront about that. Don, do you notice a trend? Well, our engineer said it was all your fault. Yeah. Do you notice a trend? Mm-hmm. All. <laughs> All of our, we have may, maybe have um, ostracized or uh, attacked our um, contributors a little much where they come on strong, where they go, I just want to go on record. <laughs> Nothing on my side. Because we might use that, that as That has been uniform. It's, it's, yeah, it has and been. it's yes. all lovely people who literally feel like they are fighting for their GD <laughs> lives out here. Well, I, I just don't. Uh, listen, I know how to operate a computer. This is not, you know, you, you put us on a... Listen, I'm just saying, don't come at me with this. But um, my bad. Hey, Chris, don't don't get don't get ugly with me, man. 
Don't step no, at Don, me you like that. You, yeah. you know what? No, Don, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I have a feeling you're standing, and I'm going to have to ask you to take a seat, sir. Calm. I'm sorry. Down. I am standing. You're right. I, I, I apologize. <laughs> I am also. I'm just. I'm gesturing very wildly. <laughs> I can see it. You're like at an AT&T store right now, trying to make sure that your plan is in line. Sir? I am. I've got a. I'm using a firm voice, yet not trying to sound angry, but yet a little bit of anger is coming through. I, I get it. You need to get this energy out before Minnesota Live because you come off as a really nice guy in that yeah. show, and we cannot risk losing that for yeah, you. Yeah, and we've been well, talking a lot about sideways anger on this. That you, yeah. you, you have something going on. I mean, get on the couch. Come on, and uh, let's let's talk about let's it. Is there this. something? Peel back the onion. Is there something there that is angry? Where's your angry place? Yeah. There's a lot there, Don. I'm not actually sure. I'm not actually sure why. I mean, I I tried this during the pandemic, like everybody, like, well, um, you had extra time. And you're like, well, maybe I'll work on myself. And I went to some therapy sessions and I was like, kept kind of coming back to the same thing. And I'm an impatient person and I'm like, Okay, I think we're done with this. And she's like, wait, but there's so much more to be done. I'm like, yeah, but you're just at this one point the whole time. Like, can you fix it or no? Well, it's going to take – and I was like, "Ah, that's enough. You're like, wait, this isn't – if I don't put my head down for three hours, I can't get fixed? Like, I love how you go, no. If this is a a three-week thing, I'm out. I cannot. Yeah. But then if they say, take this pill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you're, well, and you don't have to even come back. Oh, there's a super funny Amy Schumer skit where she goes to the doctor and she goes, "Oh, I would do anything for good sleep, like anything. I will take medication. I will give if you take give me any sort of pill or injection or you know if there's a magic lamp or special sheets or pillows." And he goes, "Yeah, not a problem. Just you know." Put down your phone. Don't have your phone on your nightstand. You know, and she goes, like I said, anything. I will take a pill, a medic shots. I will, you know, exercise forty hours a day. She's like, he kept saying, put your phone down. She goes, okay. So what do we do? Like, what, what's the actual game plan? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, if we're like that, if Amy Schumer at her age is is like that, yeah. can you imagine uh, what? today's teenager and younger yeah. uh, must be going through and what kind of withdrawal that they'll have to go through because the, the, my grandchildren, when I see them, they cannot be away. They walk with the phone or the tablet in their hand. I know. And they will not go away from it. Yeah. They talked about, we talked about this with, um, was it Judd, about the NFL um, training camps and how all they're they're not bonding that much because they used to have downtime and play cards. Yeah. And now immediately when there's any sort of silence, everyone whips out their phone and does their own separate thing. And that's you can apply that to every part of right. life. You'll never talk mm-hmm. to somebody on the bus ever again. Which... And see the the, the data of uh, the internet was sold to us as uh, bringing together. us together. Yeah bringing us all together yeah. in a space, and it's done the opposite, yeah. taken us completely apart. My nanny family had a really good um, thing that I want to do in my house where they had the charging station in the, in the kitchen, 
um, and you had to put it in there, especially, you know, in a local spot or the living room or wherever. And then the kids weren't allowed to bring the phones to their rooms because they just, they couldn't help themselves. And I, that, that almost gives me panic, the idea yeah. of not having my phone in my room. And that's how I go, oh, I might need to do that for myself. But we go back to uh, our age, and I, I know, uh, Chris, you remember this clearly, that, and I'm guessing you remember this clearly, but there was a time when not cell phones and not internet, but television was the problem. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember friends who uh, had parents who put televisions in the children's rooms so they could watch TV at night and fall asleep. And uh, they ended up being total idiots, these people. Yeah. Uh, And they were not comfortable unless they were watching a screen. And all of their reality was based on shows yeah that's those lessons that they should have been learning out uh, playing in the yard and and getting in fights and learning how to solve your problems and they didn't have to do any of those things because it was all being done on a screen in front of them so they never had to actually do any of those things and so as adults they had to confront things they were uh, mentally uh, 15 years old in bodies that were 40 years old. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely, I, I mean, I remember uh, being a kid, it was very, it was very, you know, you don't spend that much time in front of the TV. Like, you know, it, it was like the, the, the TV is the great Satan. And, and what, I mean, for rightfully so, because to your point, Don, but it's funny, even in the development of watching my kids grow up, my oldest is 18 now. Um, I remember when he was a baby, and that was just kind of when, you know, the the phone thing was you know, starting to become a little bit more normal. And it, you still didn't have iPhones at that point. But um, I remember just screen time itself was like very, the pediatricians were like no more than a half hour of screen time every day and just very adamant about it. And just in the last 18 years, through covid through these kids basically taking their entire school existence for two years staring at a screen, yes. like how much that's changed and how much it's changed everybody's brains. I mean, it, it's really crazy. And yeah. now in the work environment, uh, mm-hmm. I have a son-in-law who has not been, and he's an, a mid-level executive at a major uh, Minnesota company, has not been in the office for three years yeah yeah and uh everything he does is on the computer screen with his team yeah and people get assignments they do what you would normally do in a work day but there's no interaction and i'm afraid people will turn into zombies yeah they will not know how to interact uh in a spontaneous non-work situation because they're not in them anymore I just read a story about that the other day of some kind of a study referring to the online presence at work and how it's all evolved so much over COVID. And one of the, one of the points was, is that relationships that were already built seem to do fine. And, um, the, you know, doing things through a meeting, zoom meeting or whatever, 
those relationships were fine, but that it was, uh, it's been very, very bad for um, trying to build relationships with people who you don't know mm. from real life or like face-to-face contact, but the only contact you've ever had with them is through a computer screen or an email or a Zoom meeting, which does make a lot of sense. Um, and that's the, I think the point of that study was like, that's why some of these companies are really pushing to at least get people back into the office yes. a couple days so they can just have some kind of way to get to know each other and, and start to build those relationships before they go back to just being on a computer screen. Right. That's a the really social good point. Skills. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I have done because I've in, ended up during COVID and then that now has continued um, even though uh, COVID's not over and there are two new strains out there right now yeah. and a lot of people are getting sick. But um, when I do this and uh, picture uh, the Zoom uh, that you are normally on when you're on Zoom, uh, you have a view and nine times out of 10, it defaults to gallery, right? So you have a meeting of 10 people and then there's 10 pork shops that are sitting up there, yeah. postage mm-hmm. stamps. So I select speaker. You can reach up there in that thing and speaker. So the person who is speaking, you're seeing a close-up of them. Their head is as big as your head. And you can then see their eyes. Oh, nice. And uh, and you can tell a lot, and and you both know this, and, and everybody instinctively and intuitively knows this, listening to this program, you learn so much from a person by just watching their eyes, seeing how their eyes are communicating to you. Are they looking at you? Uh, are the eyes expressive? Do they tell you something? And so it's been helpful for me when new people have come into meetings to m- put them on the uh, speaker-only picture so it's full frame. Nice. And I can look at them uh, squarely in the face yeah. instead of eyes roaming around to all of the different postage stamp pictures. That's that's really good tip because that's probably why me and Chris don't respect each other because we've only worked with each other via StreamYard. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, I but I don't you, respect Brady, him so. and, and that has nothing to do with Oh, Zoom, and you've worked but... with him in person, so maybe yeah. it's Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, I understand why Don doesn't respect me. I'm a hack compared to him, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it is hard. I think this is, and you know what's really funny is, you know, we talked about how TVs were the first where, where people were kind of put their antennas up, you know, going, oh, is this bad for people? And now it's gotten so bleak that watching TV with my husband, I get mad at him because he grabs his phone while we're watching. So I'm just trying to get to that basis. Like, you know, it used to be turn off the TV so we can play a board game. Now I'm like, turn off your phone so we can watch TV together. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's Doing where we're at. Doing two things at once. Yeah. yeah. I want, because I like, can we please connect by at least just watching the same thing instead of both sitting <laughs> in the same room on our phones? Like, just give me a half hour, maybe yeah. an hour if we're going to watch, you know, an HBO show. Just a half hour where we, where I'm not, you're not doing that fake laugh because you're actually on Instagram going, aha, uh-huh, can you believe he said that? And I'll say, turn your phone off. Oh, you're <laughs> exactly right. Um, I've been married uh, with the same woman for 50 years, and, uh, and we have a, a routine that 
when we get up and have coffee in the morning yeah. and we spend a half an hour or a half an hour to an hour together that the computers and the phones are in another room yeah and we can't be distracted because it, it drives my wife crazy Same. because the phone rings and I feel like I got to answer the phone. It could be something important. Bullshit. I know. No. They'll leave a message. You get back to them later. And you're also like, I don't know if you know this, you're not a medical doctor that I know of. <laughs> so it's like, and there's probably a different person who's taking care of the immediate yes. bleed out that yeah. is happening. Yeah. Um, Somebody on the uh, Further down the phone tree, will be called next. Yeah, and might yeah. be. And I'm probably fifth on the line anyway. Yeah, as long. Yeah, as long. Just for the record, oh sorry. No, no, Brittany, no, no, no. I would let, I would let Don perform a surgery on me. Just for the record, I know he's not a doctor, but I trust him that much. Yeah, but in your defense, you also have terrible health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I, I mean, I'm, and I'm already missing one limb. So yeah. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Right. The only skill I have, though. To be honest with you, Chris, uh, is that I can perform vasectomies, and uh, so uh, if you if you want that, if you haven't had one, and it's always good if you have had one to have it rechecked. So I can do that uh, with a pocket knife. If you would like me to perform that operation, I will do the surgery. I I appreciate that offer. Um, I did have one back when the first economic collapse happened because I was like, well, there's no way we can afford that anymore, kids. So yeah. let's, just, let's just take care of this right now. But then I moved to mornings, and um, my shift has been the best vasectomy that one could ever have because I don't see my wife or sleep with her. So, you know, it's just great. I've got like a double vasectomy. Well, it's better than before. We used to say that it was your personality that was your biggest birth control. <laughs> well, there's that too. But... I don't know. I like you. I don't know why I'm attacking you so much today. Um, I don't know. It's fine. I can handle it. I know you can. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel like it's it's a big ask. It's a big ask to tell everybody to turn off their devices, but it is a necessity. As long as... If if me and Margot and Justin are all in the same room, I have to be like, I don't need, I will not. My sister messaging me about how they might go to the pool later can wait. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have to remember that, like, my people that I'm responsible for are in this room. Yes. Anything else can wait at least an hour. And that's a hard thing because you do feel like in this world everything is immediate. I mean... So immediate. Immediate. And now I'm to the point where I have to put my phone, even if I'm not with GoGo, I have to put my phone in my purse and zip it because any little noise, I'll think, oh, GoGo probably lost an arm and I have to be there. <laughs> yes. Like, I, yes. oh, I have, you know what I mean? And it's not true. Like, it's that she has all the people and they know how to do all the things. Like, I have to fight the urge to be readily available at all times. Can you fight the urge to uh, go into sound haptics? and turn off all of the sounds. For instance, if you get a text, yeah. beep, or ding, or whatever, you, and, and you just, you need to respond to that. And when you respond to it, oh yeah, on your the phone. Watch. It's, it's the watch, it's the watch, because I'm in radio, I mean, with, I never have my sound on. I haven't heard my phone actually make a noise in so long. But you're right, like I honestly should just start taking my watch off while I drive, because it gives, it gives me a little, hey you, hey you got a text. And why do I need that? Yeah. Why do I need to and know? It's, and, it's a, and, a, and usually 
from my family is a, a picture of what they're eating. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Who needs that information? Which is weird because my family also sends pictures of what your family is eating as well. And I don't know why. That's just a weird text chain we have going on. Wow, look, Don Shelby and his wife are having meatloaf. <laughs> Again. Again. You guys, step it up. Um, Chris, lovely. I hope you have an amazing weekend. I do respect you as a person and as a broadcaster. It's all good, Britt. Uh, I'm, I'm good here. And, Don, good to have you on this week. Thank you very much, Chris, and, and um, my best regards. And I hate to say this. I respect you. I do. Good to talk to you, bud. All right. Talk to you later, Chris. Uh, We'll be back. We've got some legendary comments. Legendary. I know, right? Like, uh, we got uh, Mike Brody and uh, Jesse. Oh, my God. I just. Campbell. Campbell. Legendary. (laughs) It, like, completely left my brain. Uh, I've written your name on, like, 45 times. And we were watching your stand-up this morning. We actually put us in a really good mood. Fantastic. Uh, Fantastic. We'll be right back here on the Tom Bernard Morning Show. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Listen live on the Tom Bernard Show app or at TomBernardShow.com. I'm sure glad the miserable heat dome is now behind us, I'll tell you that. Fall may be just the best part of summer. Along with the cooler, shorter fall days, it's one of the best times in Minnesota for landscape plantings. ProTurf did my landscape this spring. Rick had some great ideas for my yard, and they can do the same for yours. A good fall established planting is much more likely to survive a summer drought the following year. A ProTurf certified landscape designer can help you design a landscape that not only looks nice, but will also increase the value of your home. Fall is not only a great time to plant, but also a great time for hardscape patios, walkways, and retaining walls. ProTurf is a Minnesota original family-owned business since 1982. If the weeds in your lawn are out of control, fall is the best time to get a head start for next year. Let them put together a three- to five-step program that is safe, effective, and guarantees results. If you want the best landscape on the block, ProTurf is ready to give you your free landscape or lawn estimate and analysis. Visit ProfessionalTurf.com and click Estimates for lawn care landscaping or schedule an irrigation service visit. What should we do with the broke propeller? What should we do with the broke propeller? Don't look at me, I wasn't driving. Thank you, you're not helping. I don't even know why you bought this boat. You told me that you loved this boat. That was before you wrecked the boat. Well, now you've made it awkward. Accidents don't just happen in sea shanties, so Progressive Boat Insurance has you covered. Take as little as four minutes to see what you can save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms and not available for all boats or in all situations. I'm here talking with my friends Michael Bilski and Brad Huckle of North American Banking Company. Guys, it seems like banking has changed quite a bit since you first opened your doors in 1998. Yes and no. In 98, we didn't have online and mobile banking like we do today. Many banking processes have also changed. One thing that hasn't changed is we still provide a true community bank experience right here in the Twin Cities. Our team takes the time to get to know our customers and their goals. This creates a relationship that is unique in banking today and one our customers appreciate. It's why we like to say we provide a better banking experience. You're absolutely right, Brad. I've been a customer for a long time. The service your team provides is phenomenal. Thanks, Tommy. 
So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. NFL opening night is coming. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code OUTCOME to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. That's code OUTCOME, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. This is Tom Bernard for Niemeyer Trailer Sales. They've been a part of Minnesota since 1965, and their name says it all. They are family. If you want to take your passion on the road and make memories camping wherever you want, no motors, but pull trailer RVs, go to Niemeyer Trailer Sales. True story. The very best brands live at Niemeyer's, like the latest from Rockwood by Forest River, number one in their class, whether you want a tent trailer, expandable, travel trailer, or a fifth wheel, Niemeyer Trailer Sales has it all. Plus, they deliver on the forgotten art of customer service with personable employees, often sons and daughters of the third-generation family-owned business who simply do what they say they will do every time. Come explore their huge selection and consult with RV service pros. You will leave satisfied no matter what you are looking for. The Niemeyer family welcomes you to visit both of their locations in Albertville and Elko New Market before your next vacation. Head to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S dot com and put your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales.